0: Episode eight of the Faith Tech and Space podcast. It's good to be with you today. This is your host, Rich Hay from windowsobserver.com. Uh, doing something new today. So I was just explaining before I hit the record button here on the podcast uh, recording that I have set up the ability to live stream via YouTube. I'm using a program called Streamlabs. It sets up on your desktop, lets you create custom uh, themed kind of pages that talk about you know where you're coming from you can insert different feeds and things like that in it so what you're seeing if you're on the youtube channel you're seeing a live video as i record this podcast if you're um and i'm doing that on my main desktop so on the same monitor i share i have the uh, hp elite 1000 uh, all in one it's got the 34 inch curved monitor i have it As my podcast machine. So right now I'm viewing the podcast machine desktop, but my main desktop is running already with the camera recording and the microphone recording from the uh, Brio, the Logitech Brio webcam and microphone. So that will be the live stream that goes out via YouTube. It will stay there as is. I won't do anything to it per se. Um, And then the Audacity recording, of course, will be like it always is every week, and that is it will get uh, intro and outro, which is Mountains Above Us, uh, that music that you hear before and after the podcast each, each episode. And then I will post that and get it uploaded on the website, on the wiki site for the show notes. And then, of course, it gets distributed to all the various podcast repositories that Faith Tech and Space are listed. So that is the new thing with today. I do have a link here to the live stream of the recording, of course, and it will be on the Windows Observer YouTube channel. So if you go under there and go live, you'll see those videos. Excuse me. I've done this in the past with the Observe Tech podcast, kind of hit hit and miss about doing it and stuff like that but i think this may be a new beginning Uh, to doing that same thing here with this podcast. So I appreciate your patience uh, as we kind of get this all melded and welded together and get moving forward. So it's just been two weeks since my last episode, which is uh, actually one of the shorter periods between episodes. So Episode 7 was a couple weeks ago. Since then, it's been Easter, so Happy Easter. I hope you're all staying, remaining blessed and protected and staying safe and healthy with everything that's going on in the world, Uh, the various lockdowns uh, and stay-at-home orders and things of that nature. So I hope you're taking all the precautions. Cautions you need to be taken. Uh, for myself, the last five work days, so since last win- uh, last Wednesday, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week, and then yesterday and today, I'm actually on a little staycation. So. Uh, I'm part of an events company. I'm on the editorial side with Informa and working at IT Pro today. But I, we are an events company. So like all in-person events companies, the challenge right now is revenue, and and you're not having shows because of the issues with coronavirus and COVID-19. So we're doing some things as a company to try to to help our income and outcome. You know, our income and expenses be sorted out. And one of the things we're doing is we're front-loading our vacation into the first half of the year. So I'm taking about 75% of my leave, my vacation time, before the end of May. Uh, So I'll have various days off through from now for the next six weeks to kind of help my company with that um but they're doing everything they can to avoid uh laying people off or making people redundant as they say in the uk we are it is a uk-based company so but i gotta tell you having some downtime around home uh during this time frame when you're kind of stuck at home you're supposed to be at home to protect yourself has not been a bad thing it's been real relaxing I've accomplished a couple projects that I've needed to accomplish, and I'll do other stuff on my future days off. But it has really become a big recharge. It really has. So if you have to take some downtime and we're all still locked down, don't think of it as a waste. It's an opportunity to just kind of decompress. Detached from everything work related, I haven't opened the work laptop since I started this time off. I'll get back in it tomorrow, and that's kind of what you do. But uh, I definitely recommend that if you have the opportunity or need to take some downtime, that you do it. It, it will really give you some pluses, uh, no doubt about that. So the big news over the last couple of weeks is continues to be around COVID nineteen and the effects of this coronavirus. Uh, the first one being that what we suspected has happened, Microsoft has confirmed. That all their all their events through July of next year, July 2021, will be all digital events. Uh- I did get to attend the MVP summit. I can't remember if that was before or after episode seven, but it was a great experience. They did a great job in teams. They had it all set up. You call and get into the call. The employees who were making presentations to the MVPs would, dial in, would call in on teams from their homes, and it went extremely well considering, and it was open to all MVPs, so I think they had more participation than they probably expected uh, because it wasn't just the people who traveled to Redmond, which wasn't allowed this year, that would have been in those sessions. So they did a great job. And I think Microsoft will te- tweak that format. They'll use that for build this year. They'll use it for Ignite later this year. They'll use it for Inspire, their their partner conference. They said they're also going to do all their um, local imper- um, their local employee related events digital as well because folks are working from home. So, And then we also now, because we say July 2021, that probably means build next year for sure. And the question mark will be around um, Ignite. Now, Ignite this year was supposed to be in New Orleans. uh, So it's unfortunate we're not going to get to connect in an in-person level for a while, but that is what it is. But I think we have the technology today to really do digital well when it comes to these events. But uh, as you'll hear a little bit later, not everybody is willing to take that step. I wanted to highlight Zach Bowden's Windows 10 version 2004 review. Uh, He covers all the big updates and changes that are coming with this update. Right now, uh, that update, that is 20H1, is in uh, slow ring. In fact, it had a small update last week, but that's build 19041.173 currently. And it's baking. It's been baking in slow ring since December. So that's January, February, March. Now we're in April. So almost four months worth of kind of setting in slow ring, just kind of baking, getting used. And kind of settling into where it needs to be. Uh, the word is, we don't have any word of when this is going to come out. Now today is Patch Tuesday for April, and normally in the past, in and around Patch Tuesday is when they've released feature updates. And this is quote unquote a, a large feature update. It's not like the fall smaller update that we got back in for 1909, and what we expect for 20, uh, 2009 So. We're going to watch today. we got a few hours until Patch Tuesday begins as I'm recording this right now just after 10 a.m. East Coast. So we'll be watching to see if we do get that coming out or maybe it will pop tomorrow or next Tuesday. They might offset it with Patch Tuesday. The other news that we heard because of coronavirus and all the COVID-19 stuff is that do not expect any Windows 10X devices this calendar year. Microsoft has decided that they will not be pushing out that new hardware. So that is Surface Neo. That's the larger Windows 10X device. There are mixed reports of whether or not the Duo, the smaller Android-based device, will or will not come out this year. uh, But we're waiting and watching. Now, one of the things we did hear when we heard about the cancellation of the Windows 10X devices is that it... um, Windows 10X, they'll probably potentially target single screen devices for that new version of Windows, Windows 10X, that's being built for dual screen devices, but will run on a single screen device. Um, <clears throat> and so that's what we're writing to hear right now, because it, the potential is there, if that's going to be the case, that Windows Insider program could potentially release builds of Windows 10X for those devices. Personally, I'd love to see it on my Surface Go. Uh, and see how it runs on that single screen device, low resource. It's supposed to be less impactful. It'll be interesting to see if that will happen or not. But unfortunately, don't expect to see the Neo. Uh, Microsoft also believes that coronavirus is going to change the way we work and learn. And if you go read, there is a new post from Jared Spitaro, who is the corporate VP for Microsoft 365. And, you know, there are lots of people working remote and working from home. And um, the numbers that they shared, an updated set of numbers. So this post was from the 9th of April, so it's only about five days old. Uh, so here's some of the numbers they're talking about. 2.7 billion meeting minutes a day in Microsoft Teams is what they're seeing right now. That's a 200% increase from 900 million on March 16th. So less than a month ago, they, they basically 200% increase in minutes. Uh, and students and teachers are using Teams for distance learning. There are 183,000 tenants in 175 countries using Teams for Education. That's Teams for Education, not Teams in general. Teams for like enterprise use or the free version. So massive amounts of people... are are using this stuff. And there's a really good graphic here that I can't share. It's on the web page, but it shows the work trend index and how those numbers have jumped up and billowed over the last few few weeks since all the work from home and remote working happened. So there's some great uh, results here. They got stats from different parts of the world, different countries, and how much video conferencing is being used more and more. And so it is a tremendous change. And you know what? Overall, they've held up pretty good with it. So they've had some hiccups. They've had some outages, but that's going to happen. But they're, they've ramped it up. They've they put on the additional resources, and they've been able to make that work. So good on them and everybody, right? Google, Amazon, Microsoft, of course, and all the other companies providing these remote and uh, work-from-home scenario technologies connectivity. It has worked. The Internet has held up in all this situation. Everybody seemed to think that the internet, uh, that's the domestic internet, right? The stuff that's connected to our houses would fail in a high bandwidth situation like this, but it's gone well. Uh, Comcast, we're gonna, I'm going to mention the headline here a little bit later. They waived data caps right now for, I think it was for three months, but potentially they could do that for more. But it's starting to realize that there's no real harm in those data caps uh, not being used. And, of course, data is being used a lot, right? We're doing a lot of streaming and things of that nature. Uh, some other things Microsoft has done. So, Microsoft has got their stores closed. So, they've turned their Microsoft Store employees around and they are doing things like training 65,000 people apparently in how to use Microsoft Teams and other tools for remote work, for working from home. So they're providing training. They're helping with tech support. Apple's doing that too, right? They've asked some of their uh, in-store geniuses to help out with tech support from home. So they get them set up. They get them connected. And so they're able to help people with issues digitally online. Um, So it is really um, every company out there is taking steps to to put their employees to work as best they can. I know this doesn't help all employees, but it, they are they are able to get things done and do things um, that probably wasn't possible before. And one of the last things I wanted to mention was the Microsoft's intern program. They they have a very popular. A very uh, infamous, famous intern program. You might remember the big video they did last year at the end of their intern season. They have to get. They're going to have to be digital interns this year. So there's a blog post from Microsoft on. All right, so let's jump into our headlines around faith and catch you up on what's going on with me and my fellow cohort members uh, when it comes to our formation for the diaconate. So uh, right now we're in the final couple weeks of our sacramental theology class that is online. In about 12 days, I have a 10-page paper that's due. Uh, already know what I'm going to write about. So I'm going to write about uh, the seven sacraments, which I've mentioned to you all before in this segment uh, that we were early on in this class, but I'm going to write about the community participation, the community impact uh, in the church when somebody's receiving the sacrament. It, sometimes it's an individual receiving the sacrament, but the community plays a very significant role in the church with someone who's coming receiving the sacrament. And so I'm, that is kind of how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thread community through all seven sacraments for that paper. Um, our next online class is going to be the Synoptic Gospel. Uh, and then uh, it was supposed to be Acts of the Apostles, but it sounds like we're going to shift to John instead. So that that is what we will be studying next over the summer. So that will be, again, about a 12-week class. So as we finish this one up, the, that one should start in May. We should go May-June time frame for that class. Locally, because of the restrictions with gathering together and stuff like that, we unfortunately have to go online now uh, we have a class this coming Saturday to kind of get caught up and and be made aware of the plan for the rest of the year. What we do know is that we were supposed to be starting homiletics this this Saturday. Homiletics is the is the teaching the, the preaching and given homilies. Uh, in, in the Catholic Church, we call that a homily. Uh, in, in other churches, it's called preaching. but uh, So our homiletics class has been postponed to year two until we can be physically present with each other because part of homiletics is obviously getting up behind a podium and practice speaking to our classmates, speaking to the, and the priests that are part of the formation team, uh, and in developing these skills around that. We've done one public speaking class back in December, but uh, so our homiletics has had to move too. However, they have moved forward. Our class on patristic, the study of the early the writings of the early church fathers, that will be uh, three classes we have locally. All will be via Zoom. And we are doing that, uh, I think we're starting on the 25th, of, is when we start the the Patristi class locally. Um, unfortunately, also our study weekend, which was supposed to be a dedicated weekend from Friday through Sunday, where we would have five or six different class sessions uh, with a visiting, I think it was a priest, visiting priest that was going to teach us on a certain subject. Uh, unfortunately, that has been canceled. That had already been postponed because the priest was not well, had a heart uh, condition and had surgery related to that. But uh, because of the shuffle with timing and everything else, our study will not canceled. In place of that weekend and the dates that was rescheduled, our annual retreat and vocations board will take place in August. So we have uh, at the end each year, we have a four-day retreat uh, that will be various workshops and other prayer and uh, things of that nature that we will do and we have our vocations board interview. So every year we will we get interviewed by the vocations board with us, the candidate or the aspirant this year and our spouses and all eight of us in my cohort. So we get interviewed by the vocations board, kind of review the school year, review um, our progress and things like that. And the vocations board decides about our continuation, both through our discernment and their evaluation of our performance. So that annual retreat will now happen in August and because that is now not happening until August, our rite of candidacy, which is a mass with the bishop where we're presented as aspirants for candidate for holy specifically ordination, is. Uh, that has to happen after vocations board. So that has been moved September. So a, a little bit of shuffling there with all of that stuff. The other thing with my local formation that has been impacted impacts my cohort uh, brothers as well is our pastoral experience, right? We do 40 hours each year of a pastoral experience. That's where we're working in the diocese to gain experience in working. Well, because of the coronavirus and COVID-19 lockdown, I was just about ready to start my Apostle a kind of a USO-style service at the port here in Jacksonville to support merchantmen to port and stuff like that, and the port workers. Um, We have a snack shop and and books and e-form to come and have lunch, a place to rest. The mariners, if they're allowed off the ship, although they're not in port very long here in Jacksonville, long enough to onload or offload, could also come there. And we sometimes give them a ride to local, if they're in town long enough, in port long enough, we give them a ride to a local mall. Well, unfortunately, that got locked down. So as that happened, my church decided they wanted to live stream our daily and Sunday Masses. So I came in to help them with that. We're using Facebook Live. I talked about it in my last episode because we had some challenges with uh, sideways videos, right, on the iPhone. And so I figured out how you fix that. And I wrote about it. That's available at win.com. So that has actually unexpectedly turned into just a beautiful pastoral experience i'm getting to spend time with my pastor that i would not normally spend because we're there six days of preparing for a live stream doing a live stream and then um, you know breaking down and sorting things out after the live stream and so because i'm in uh, my my pastor approached me beforehand and said would you like to be my reader at all these masses. So I'd just begun reading as a ministry. I would a long time been a Eucharistic. So I'd I'd read a handful of times. And so it's been a wonderful opportunity to do more reading of the from the the election, and to um, learn little ins and outs about liturgy, how you set up for liturgy. With the Easter Triduum, which we just went through, which was Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and of course, um, I've learned so many different things from my pastor about the liturgical aspects of the Mass, and that is exactly something we'll get later. I think in year two, we have our liturgy class information, but this has been a real blessing to be able to get this information. And it's been a pastoral experience because we we are reaching out to members of our parish through these live streams and seeing that impact on them being able to see <clears throat> our church, our altar, our priest. So um, that is going to be my pastoral experience. I'm going to be able to write that up for my year paper on that. So that was a real blessing to Okay, so that's kind of where I'm at and where we're at. My cohort, all eight of us are at with this whole thing. So, um, we, uh, you know, it, it's awesome to be able to share these kind of experiences with you all because it's a progression. Uh, and when things kind of hit a wall or have a problem, you adjust, you you know, everything gets readjusted in order to stay on track. And, in fact, that's the overall goal is to continue to move towards Our ordination date in, God willing, June of 2022, when we're scheduled for ordination based on our performance, the right discernment, the will of God. And that's how I view it into our discernment towards ordination. Okay, let's talk some tech now. Okay, Uh, Windows Insiders. It's been a slow two weeks, right? They had a hiccup a week and a half ago on a release. They had a blocking bug, so they were unable to release a new build. But last week we got build 19603. And that came out. Um, I think that came out on April eighth, so just under last Wednesday. So uh, not a whole lot new there. The although, well, I, there is one big thing new there: File Explorer integration with the Windows Subsystem for Linux, what's called WSL in Windows ten. If you use that, you now have access to your Linux partition in your File Explorer under Windows 10. Which a lot of folks were really happy about that. They did some user cleanup recommendations and storage settings in order to help you kind of manage that stuff. And they introduced the new, what they've been doing with some of these builds because they're not heavy feature related builds right now. This is Windows 10 vNext by the way. So this is this is the core of whatever become or where the next update 20H2 will be extracted and branched off and developed from there. But they, are, they do tend to introduce some new apps and things. So the new new NewsBar, Microsoft NewsBar beta is there, um, and then some raw image extension support for the Canon CR3 format, uh, and then some a lot of fixes, stuff like that. So they continue to uh, give us the stuff that we need there just to kind of steady line the base, and at some point after the release of 20H1, Windows 10 2004, that's due anytime they will take and probably branch, um, start to, we'll start to see features land in there, and then they'll start to branch out of that. And at some point, pull that branch out, designate it 20H2, and then from there, that will continue to be developed to release this fall, while Windows 10 vNext continues to be developed along the way as well as a, a testing ground, a true testing ground for new features. Uh, and then in the slow ring, I already mentioned this. 19041.173 came out into the slow ring last week. This is Windows 10 20H1, i.e., Windows 10 version 2004 that we're expecting to get released at any time. So we're watching for that. And again, today being Patch Tuesday, as I record this on the 14th of April, we could potentially see it today. Although they don't tend to use Patch Tuesday, but we might see it any time. I would say between now and the end of the month, if it's going to come out in April there has not been anything specific said though okay just to be real specific about that on the edge insider front edge canary is at is at version 84 build 484 edge dev is in version 83 at build 474 edge beta is still sitting in version 81 at build 416.53 and Edge Stable yesterday moved to version 81 from version 80 build 416.53 so um, it is the same as Edge Beta right now so what we should see happen is Edge Beta should make a move to version 82 while the, we continue to develop through 83 and 84 and the other branches. But Edge Stable now has collections. Um, and I didn't check on uh, Edge Stable, actually. Let's see if I can check in this browser. Uh, sync wise, yeah. So extensions and collection sync. Oh no, I'm looking at Ari. Hang on a minute. Let me bring up stable. Just looking at my computer here, I want to see it picked up the, uh, the other sync option. Um, yeah, it's got collections. So stable build can now sync collections, still not sync extensions, and none of the builds, none of the channels are in history and open tabs. So we're still waiting on it. Um, so dev channel update, I've got the, the change summary for that linked here. Uh, around the time that they um, uh, talked about When was this? End of March, March 30th. So just after the last episode, they talked about the 10 reasons to switch to the new Microsoft Edge. And this was related to the March 30th event where we learned about Microsoft 365 personal and home. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But they came out with this. So the top, the 10 reasons to switch to Edge, they basically highlighted uh, collections. They talked about vertical tabs. It's coming. haven't seen it yet, but vertical tabs where you'll be able to move your tabs over to the left side of the UI of Edge and be able to see, manage your tabs that way. It looks pretty cool. I can't wait to try it out. Um, smart Copy. This is where you can take in. You're on a web page and highlight stuff, right-click and copy, and it will paste it in the same format wherever you're pasting it at. It supports that kind of HTML codes. Uh, tracking prevention. They've got three different options there. Password monitor. So one of the new features coming is the password monitor. Whereas if you use a password on a site or try to do so that has potentially had a breach or is known to have had a breach, it will warn you of that. Uh, private browsing and search with enhancements in private mode. So they've done all kinds of enhancements in private mode to make it more functional, but yet uh, uh, hide your browsing and things of that name on the system, evidence of that on. the Immersive reader is a big deal. Microsoft Edge with 4K and Dolby audio. So you're Netflix on there. Uh, give with Bing. So now if you collect points with Bing, you can donate those to Bing and then Edge uh, make it easy to switch. So that was their 10 reasons why. There's an academic study about browsers. And one of the things they talked about in that was uh, the, uh, see, where was it? Um, They said uh, that it was not an accurate thing. So there was, you know, there was some news about 10 days ago that Edge, new Edge was like number, or both Edge, I think Edge was number two popular browser based on some stats from NetMarket, I think it was. But um, there's some real questions around this study that was done and they talked about privacy. And so uh, Paul Therott wrote a really good blog post about how their their assumptions and their beliefs and their formulation of, of their of what they wrote is incorrect and talking about privacy. So that is something, if you're interested in that, you should check that out. A uh, new Edge browser will be supported until next July 15th on Windows 7. Now, I had a couple of people pop up on Twitter and go, why, why support a browser on, a, on an OS that doesn't get support anymore? Well, Windows 7 truly doesn't get regular support anymore because extended support expired, but it is still supported through extended security updates, and Edge can be installed on Windows 7. That is why... They have said it will be supported until 2021. <clears throat> it's also an opportunity for Microsoft to maybe convert some enterprise companies to Edge. And so they will make that move when they move off of Windows 7, likely to Windows 10 is where they're going to go. The Microsoft Edge team also wrote about scrolling personality improvements. I just, that, that title right there for me was so interesting. Scrolling personality. But they talk about how they're working on Edge in order to improve the the scrolling experience. We are all very familiar with on Edge. Legacy, extremely smooth, worked very well. Well, they're trying to bring those same features into Edge based on Chromium and hopefully get that into the Chromium base where if you use Chrome or other things based on that, you'll have that same smooth scrolling. And with the release of Edge version 81 into the stable channel last week, the new security baseline for Microsoft Edge V81 version 81 is now out. You can check that out if you're looking to sort out your your deployment aspect and settings of that nature. Um, All right, so let's talk about this event that happened on March 30th, shortly after I recorded the last podcast. This was Microsoft's first kind of, um, it wasn't their first, but they chose, it was a digital announcement around Microsoft 365 uh, for small and medium-sized business. So there's new offerings on that side, but there's also the new Microsoft 365 personal and family subscription. So let me This is really just a name change for Microsoft 365 that was Office D Five, And in fact, if you go to the the comparison page for Microsoft Office products, it still says Office 365, but it's got the banner note across the top that says on, I think it's April 21st. Yeah, April 21st, these will become Microsoft 365. It'll happen automatically. You don't pay more. It's the same benefits, actually more benefits, and we'll talk about those. Same price. New name, Office 365, becomes Microsoft 365 on April 21st. So so nothing has changed a lot from the perspective that it's a name change. But internally to the products, it's a big deal. And, and so a couple things that came out of this. One is Microsoft Editor. Microsoft Editor will be part of uh, all the Office Programs where you do text writing, writing of any kind of word, and including through the web because there's a Microsoft Editor web browser add-on for Microsoft Edge. So it, it basically, the best comparison, the closest comparison is Grammarly. And in fact, I got, a, uh, I got a post here from, I think it's on Microsoft, that compares Microsoft Editor to Grammarly. But this is Microsoft's kind of... Um, equivalent to Grammarly. I'm not going to judge it on level of ability because I don't have that kind of information. I've tried Grammarly. I'm now using Microsoft Editor. So there's the add-on in the browser that picks up any text boxes on most websites and also the editor within Word itself. So you uh, you, can, you can go and compare them, you know, try them out. Grammarly costs money to go beyond the basics editor is not going to be any charge at all it's an add-on that's available for office at the same time they released a new office uh, extension for edge the new edge and so you can put that on your toolbar and you can have that to help you easily access features that you are looking the word excel powerpoint outlook etc um the other thing uh, oh grammarly by the way at the same time that all this was going on that same week grammarly announced that their grammarly add-on was available now for the mac for Word and Mac. So if you're a Mac user and you do want to use Grammarly, you can go get that. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Editor will work on your system as well. And then the other thing that really surprised me was in Excel. So they have partnered with a company called Plaid and this is a new, um, there's a a term they use for it, uh, a dynamic, they called it a dynamic add-in or dynamic dynamic, uh, enhancement to Excel. That is called Money in Excel. You remember Microsoft Money? I used that program forever. And Microsoft Money was really good. Unfortunately, it's out of date now, but it still works for some. I had a couple people pop up on social media and say, yeah, I'm still using money. Um not sure I would. It's too old in my opinion and probably use technology. But with this plaid and this money in Excel add in, you can connect to your banks, to your financial account. And you do it through the experience and you can manage your banking right through Excel through this add in. So I have not had a chance to go dive into it and pick it up and go see. It. But this is uh this is a significant step forward for Excel, which a lot of people use for that kind of management, but now it makes that connect to your financial institution to be able to give you that money that ex- that experience right. So pretty cool little add on there. What else? Uh, Paul Throt, again, as he usually does, has a great kind of uh, review and insight into the whole Microsoft C5 thing. Check that out. the new Yammer has arrived on mobile. They did a complete overhaul on Yammer on mobile, so that is now available. Uh, and then Zoom. So, right, in all this work-from-home and remote working stuff, Zoom ha- use has skyrocketed. I forget what their number was. I, I mean, I think they're in the ballpark. I think I mentioned it last episode. They, they went from something like 40 million daily to 200. Million. Well, when that many people are using your software, you tend to find out that there are issues, and there are a lot of security issues on Zoom. Now, they're trying. They are trying to sort things out. And in fact, to help do that, they have hired Facebook's former security head um, because of the lawsuits they're dealing with, the investigations, and the security issues around their software. So they've made a couple updates. I've already had at least two client updates on my Windows 10 desktop for Zoom. Uh, my wife is using Zoom a lot for me. She goes to, I'm, I'm using Zoom to keep connected with family because that's kind of the best way to get us all on one page. And um, they're working on it, they're trying. And of course, people are taking advantage of that as well. Uh, A coin miner has been bundled with the Zoom installer, not the one you get from the Zoom website, the one you get from the not the Zoom website. So whatever you do, don't download an installer for software from a site that it doesn't come from. That's just like your most basic security thing, right? Do not install software for a program that you've downloaded from any other place but that program's website. And so what happened was people were downloading the Zoom installer. It had a coin miner bundled in it and was causing problems. So be aware of that. Get it from zoom.us or whatever Zoom you use and download it directly from the source, not from anywhere. the Zoom blog does have an an update. They have a 90-day plan to bolster key privacy security stuff. So there are changes going on. They are trying to play catch up a little bit with security. But when you go, I mean even at 40 million users a day, you should be savvy when it comes to security. But this explosion has real people using the software and more mainstream people, right? So I'm talking about people at home and think the school students, things of that nature. The the flaws are starting to become more and more obvious. Um, however, right at the same moment as Zoom is fighting the privacy and security issues, Microsoft is spending some time talking about privacy in their own tools, such as Microsoft Teams. So if you're an IT pro, there's a link here to a story where they explain the the privacy is built into, uh, Microsoft Teams. Microsoft shared some numbers and we've already talked a little bit, 40 million people using Skype daily these days, Skype, right? Not just Teams, Skype. And in fact, what they did was shortly after Zoom, uh, kind of ran into their issues. Microsoft made available. I'm I'm told that it was always available or it was available before, but they've made a point to, it's called Meet Now. So it's a one-click link to share with others that you can Skype together. Very similar to Zoom that brings everybody together through one link called meet now it's actually available through the website web page and click on it right there and create the link and then share that or you can um it's available i saw in the skype client so on windows 10 in the skype client it's available there for meet now as well it will generate the link and you share the link to bring people together um, Let's see. Attendee limit. So because of the nature of things right now in virtual events and things of that, Microsoft has increased the attendee limit for live events hosted with Microsoft 365. So this is a service that enterprises uh, and they are bumping that up through July 1st to 100,000 of these. I think it's so the numbers are this. Team meetings can have up to 250 participants. Live events for up to 10,000 can be hosted in Yammer. And live events for up to 100,000 can be hosted in a customized event using Microsoft Store. So that's how they've done that. On-demand recordings, unlimited number of viewers. So anybody who couldn't participate can then go see it and not miss it. So that is the big numbers through July 1st. Those are the numbers that Microsoft will be working on for their life of Uh, Stay connected with Microsoft Teams for free. So there is the free version of Microsoft Teams. They are in the process this month of rolling out the ability to see at least nine different videos on the main screen instead of just four. That's a big deal. That is something they saw on their user voice, and they have pulled that forward. This I know I talked about last episode. They have pulled that forward in order to be able to get that up and running for people. Uh, I thought, oh, virtual backgrounds and custom backgrounds are the other thing that they're moving forward with very quickly to get that in the hands of everybody using Microsoft Teams. Uh, a good post here about re- mastering remote work beyond the basics when it comes to Microsoft Teams. That's Ed bot doing him as he always does. A uh, video conferencing app, uh, was this one. This was 62 million downloads during one week in March. Oh, that was Zoom. So that was kind of the, the numbers of the story on TechCrunch. Um, for those of you um, here in the United States that are eligible for these uh, stimulus payment, if you were did not if you filed a tax return in 2018 or 2019 and used direct deposit, that check's going to come in via that route. Um, I actually got a notice from my bank last night that indicated that, that our payment was going to arrive tomorrow through our direct deposit. Uh, we're actually going to bank that because, as, as I recall, and the last thing I read was that this is an advance on your return For 2021, so your tax year 2020. So we aren't. We're gonna. We're blessed to be able to put that stuff in savings and just let it sit there until we know for sure how things work out. But I know that's not the case for everybody, and I definitely I need to do some research myself. So I highly recommend those of you that will be receiving this payment that you also do some research to understand. The impact it will have at some point. Um, now, if you're a non-filer, there's a new page at the Internal Revenue Service because there's a lot of people who don't have to file taxes. So, if you're looking to input payment information, you can go to this IRS website and provide that information so that they can have it to send you your payment electronically as well. Uh, I got a link here to a good story about alt text about uh, that informs how to. Find how to uh, address usability for people who are blind or low vision so they can see your uh, and understand what your graphics are showing on the web page. Uh, Comcast, I mentioned uh, the wave data cap, but it hasn't hurt their network. Their network is performing pretty good. Um, I've continued. I have one gig service through coaxial. So I have uh, through my copper, I have the one gig service, and I typically get about 972 megabytes a second. Uh, and that has held up really well over the last few weeks. Now, I always work from home. But since everybody's been working from home, there's a lot more usage. I continue to hold up pretty good. I don't know. I've I've. I've tried to keep up with other companies. And I think it's a, there are some issues, which is not unexpected. But I think a lot of companies are starting to realize the value of their infrastructure when it comes to that network. I mentioned earlier Apple. Retail workers are taking on tech support roles. Um, Apple also made some concessions about their in-app. Costs. They're 30% price sharing. I think it, the story was with Amazon Prime is that the net, they are now allowing some purchases outside of that window, outside of that 30% cut. Uh, that man, that may have been a concession in and around the fact that so many people are making online digital purchase, digital purchases for video and stuff like that. During the during our lockdown, WordPress 5.4 called Adderly has been released. So if you're running a WordPress site, you need to go update. If you don't have automatic updates already sent. Um, a couple weeks ago, finalized the T-Mobile acquisition of Sprint has been, uh, was moved forward. It's happened and it is in the process of happening. They are doing things to get everything kind of sorted out. One of the things they did offer was the new QB, which is that little, it's a bunch of little videos, less than 10 minutes long each episode. I have watched a couple of them. They're pretty interesting, not bad quality at all, well produced. Um, so QB on us, but be aware if you use Netflix on us in a year, you're going to get asked, do you want to keep QB or do you want to keep Netflix on us? So be aware of that. Uh, Microsoft, Looking to head up. uh, They've hired a former Apple executive to help lead the hardware division for HoloLens. So that that person's going to be in there on Panos Pines team working on the hardware and software for HoloLens. HoloLens. Uh, Microsoft. Now, look, every company is doing things of different nature to help their employees. Microsoft just granted their employees a 12 week pandemic leave benefit. If they need time off, Above and beyond their normal vacation and other time off that they have come in, they have an option for up to 12 weeks of pandemic leave benefit to help take care of things at home, to help the kids with the homeschool, to do whatever it is they need to do. 12 weeks leave been just amazing. Uh, Microsoft 365 Community Docs, because of all the changes that are going on around Microsoft 365 and the software suite, the, the docs pages have now got a brand new program going online for all the Microsoft 365 mm-hmm. Community Docs. Uh, one of the things Microsoft recently did for security was they bought the corp.com domain. Uh, that is a, a domain that is used or has been used for some features in Microsoft software and stuff like that. Um, And they wanted to keep it out of malicious people's hands. So they have uh, bought that. Uh, Let's see, it was Michael Connor is the name of the guy who bought it 26 years ago. Uh, And it was being auctioned off. And Microsoft went in there and bought that so that it does not become used for malicious purposes. So Microsoft owns that corp.com domain now. Um, Surface Drive Retention. This is a pretty cool new program. So so Surface Laptop 3 and Surface Pro X both have the ability to have their SSD. Surface Pro X, it's easy. It's a little cover on the back side of the the tablet, one screw. You can reach in there and switch it out to upgrade or to take it out or whatever. Um, Well, now there's a new Surface Drive Retention program that allows people to retain those drives it'll let you dispose of it on your own terms it's easy to replace the even the pr- process on a surface laptop 3 is not hard these to be able to make that chain <clears throat> and it's for security right security convenience and replace so they've just announced that as an effect uh, for customers that want to retain that asset what like for instance during when they're getting service or they're replacing the device with a new asset? uh interesting story here about a 17 year old kid who built a coronavirus website a few weeks ago and has gotten a lot of attention for the work he's done he's a high schooler and built a very very good website for tracking coronavirus stats uh comcast says their voice and video calls have skyrocketed 200 skyro sorry that's their at 212 percent increase during all of this self-isolation lockdown so every company every technical digital uh, company services company is seeing a massive explosion of usage. Now, now even Google Hangouts, right? So they've seen their usage. Uh, cloud service continuity is is a challenge for all the big companies. They're trying to keep up with. So and, and it's no surprise, right? When I get these pitches in my inbox and somebody tells me that so and so's service that provides video conferencing or chat or something like that has skyrocketed or blasted off or increased. Yeah, of course it has because everybody's in that circumstance. Now. So, but but it's reality. The bigger news story here is the fact that more and more of these companies being able to maintain those peaks. They're being able to address that increased usage and, be, and having the opportunity to continue to provide services to their individual customers. That is the real story here. Not that the usage has increased. That was a given, right? When you get locked in at home and you've only got digital connectivity, it's going to increase. But keeping it up, that's the real story. That is the story to be told. And, and as I mentioned at the top of this, right, Microsoft is saying the way we work is going to be changed. They have not just Microsoft. Every company that has put their employees digital or remote working from home has learned that, guess what, In for a lot of circumstances, you can work in those kind of ways. So I think we might see... A bigger embrace of remote workers, right? Not just necessarily always have to be hired in the city of the, the companies in, right? But you can work remotely from anywhere in the world. I think that will be more significant for many companies that hadn't previously uh, embraced it. I read a story about one company transferred their, I forget the number, 200,000 employees to digital work from home in less than two weeks. They had been working on a plan and maybe they were able to do it quickly because they had most of a plan in place, they just hadn't executed. But companies are gonna realize that the ability to work from home, to work remotely, does not impact productivity. Now there are some cases that this does, right? Where you have to have the physical presence, you have to have the the local land kind of bandwidth to do things uh, like updating builds and things of that nature. But there's a lot that can be done now remotely that people had never tried before. Services that had never tried remote connectivity before that can. So I think it's really, like, like it's been said, it's really gonna change how people approach this kind of stuff when this is all over, whenever that might be. Uh, you remember I mentioned earlier about Zoom having a coin miner in a build that wasn't a, a software download that wasn't on the Zoom website, right? Another one that's going around, a free Netflix pass because of coronavirus. It's a scam. Uh, keep your eye out for all of that kind of stuff. People are going to be taking advantage of this stuff. They're going to use every opportunity to kind of fool you into thinking you're getting something for free that isn't really for free. It would make sense, right, in a lockdown to have a free Netflix pass, but it's, it's, it's not real. It's a scam, okay? So be careful. Um, let's see, among everything else, music subscribers, gone up 358 million music service subscribers, according to a new report. Um, so that right there, we know that those kind of services are going to hit bumps and increases. Uh Looks like Microsoft Surface Go has sold out as the company is prepping for Surface Go 2. And in fact, this morning, I saw a story from Neowen that said Surface Go 2 just went through and passed the FCC checks. So it sure sounds like a new version of Surface Go is coming out. Uh, Disney plus you could not have they could not have planned better timing for the release of their subscription service for streaming. they have uh, surpassed 50 million subscribers in just five months and a lot of that is due to the lockdown people are doing more streaming from home. And therefore, they saw that benefit. Now, it'll be interesting with all of these things, right? The music subscriptions, the Disney Plus, the Prime Video, the Netflix, whatever it is, How what happens as people start to return to work and they're not at home all the time? Do those subscriptions go down to lower levels? Do they get canceled completely? I think there's real potential there for those, you know, these great huge gains to take some steps backwards as well. Um, Looks like there's a story out. Um, Outlook could be getting some new inbox tabs. I'm very intrigued by this UI. You can check it out in the story link. But they're talking about some changes coming that will benefit uh, the ability to work in your inbox on the web. And Outlook on the web, if you haven't used it in a while, become extremely robust. You almost cannot tell the difference between the desktop version of Outlook and the web version of Outlook. TikTok, again, another service that is getting a lot of usage from home. If you follow on social media, you can catch a lot of these videos. Uh, One billion installs on the Play Store, of course, boosted by what's going on with the coronavirus. The Your Phone app got an update. If you're on a Samsung device, it now supports drag and drop for files, moving stuff between the desktop and the phone and the phone to the desktop. Uh, unfortunately I'm no longer on a Samsung device I'm on the McLaren OnePlus 7T Pro 5G so I can't test this but hopefully that will roll to everybody before too long and then movie theaters think about this right we've had a lot of movie releases delayed some of them have gone virtual and they've gone online available the same day 20 bucks to stream a new release movie seems a little steep when I could I on a on my discount Tuesday here, I could pay five bucks, um, but I can't go and pay five bucks because of the lockdown, right? So, you know, movie theaters are turning to streaming. Into turning to streaming, it, unfortunately, I just read AMC this morning is looking at filing for bankruptcy because of what's going on because they can't get people. Obviously, can't be going to the movie theaters. So, there's lots of changes going on in the world, in the world of technology, in the physical world that businesses, whether they're lost due to what's going on and or the shutdowns or whatever it is, there is a tremendous amount of change that's gonna come out of this, both positive and negative. And so we just have to keep an eye on that and we'll keep watching on. Wanted to talk a little bit of gaming because there's some pretty cool stuff. Um, one of the new games that came out was Ori and the Wheel of the Wisps. This if you're on Game Pass, this is available to you from day one because it's an Xbox studio game. Uh, it's a beautiful game. It is an absolutely beautiful environment. Uh, Ori, the first Ori was beautiful, and now this new The Will of the Wisp is another beautiful game. It's very well done. Um, But they've really done some serious numbers, right? Um, Let's see, they said um, over 15 million quests completed, almost 14 and a half, over 14 and a half million unlocked. Um, So people are playing the game. And again, Gameplay is up because we're in this lockdown and stuff like that. So uh, no surprise to see numbers up, but that is a beautiful game. So if you get the opportunity to check that out. you should. Um, Phil Spencer talked a little bit about pricing, talked about the PS5, talked about pre-orders, uh, Xbox One Series X device that's coming out later this year. Now, we have not heard... About any delays with that hardware. Um, so we did hear about delays with Surface with uh, Windows 10x and the Surface Neo. We have not heard anything specific about the Xbox One Series X. Um, the April update is now out, so there's new features coming to that, including new Xbox Game Bar for your desktop, some changes in a third-party ecosystem for plugins to help you do things in and around your gaming. Um, they did an update on Project X Cloud for Western Europe again. There are a lot of people at home. They're trying to get this into more and more hands of people. So upcoming preview countries, 11 new countries are going to get the uh, Project xCloud, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Spain, Sweden. They've also opened up registration in those preview markets to those who want to participate. So you can go to xbox.com slash Project xCloud, register so you can get your invite down the road once it becomes available. Uh, what else? Uh, online experience, E3, right? E3 canceled the physical event and it said we're going to do something digital. Well, that digital event has been canceled now as well. I think companies are realizing, some companies are realizing that is a pretty big endeavor. Uh, again, we'll have to watch and see how things adjust over time as, as we kind of adapt to this new approach to life, at least until there's a vaccine for this COVID vi- COVID-19 coronavirus, but it's going to impact a lot of things. Like I said, Microsoft MVP Summit dealt with a couple thousand MVPs, give or take. Um, so every company has got to evaluate what they're best able to do. Acer announced some new gaming notebooks. Uh, they're powered by the 10th Gen Intel Core Processor, so you can check out that stuff. The Steam Hardware and Software Survey came out showing increases in the number of users on Windows 10. So again, the OS continues to become more and more the mainstay and the the default for a lot of Windows users and gamers. And then Microsoft or, I'm sorry, Microsoft Uh, PlayStation announced the new DualSense wireless game controller for PlayStation 5. If I'm not mistaken, it came out the same day as Microsoft was doing their March 30th announcement uh, for Microsoft 365. No, it wasn't. It was April 7th. So I forget what was going on, but there was a lot of complaints about being the same day as some other new. Looks a lot like an Xbox One controller. So then to a lot of other people as well. All right. Tech stuff wrapped up gaming wrapped up let's talk a little bit of space as we're closing in on the end of this episode of the podcast so nasa and spacex doing things to get ready for their first crewed mission space they simulated that upcoming crew mission and did a walkthrough with the astronauts at cape canaveral going through the entire process of uh the uh, crew quarters and moving them actually they drove they drove this the the uh, Tesla's is it the Series X that has the Goldwing doors. They drove them to the launch pad in that. There's two astronauts that will fly on this first uh, crewed mission with the uh, Dragon capsule, the crewed Dragon. So they went through a walkthrough and did that. Still planning to launch in May right now despite the pandemic. Uh, they are about to do a launch in two days from Cape Canaveral, so the 16th of April. Uh, that's two days from today as I record this, uh, but they're doing it with a minimal crew, minimal launch crew, uh, practicing all the right social distancing and stuff like that. So uh, that is a Starlink launch that's coming up in two days. Um, but the, the plan is to move forward with this May launch. Those uh, You can bet money that those guys are under lockdown and isolation to prevent any coronavirus uh, or infection. Boeing, on the other hand, it's not going so well. They did have some good news. Uh, They did win a a $1.5 billion contract from the uh, Department of Defense to build some new P-8 Alpha Poseidon maritime patrol aircraft. So my last tour of duty was at um, Commander Patrol and Reconnaissance Wing 11 in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we were in the midst of converting our, our squadrons, we're all converting over from the P-3 Charlie, which was the 1960s era airframe, to the new jet-based P-8 Alpha built from the scratch for the military. Um, and that transition, I think, for the most part is done now. So there's new P-8s starting to come in, The planes that weren't able to be built before, built before. So new ones are being built to transition into. So good news for Boeing in that sense, right? However, they had to extend their virus-related airplane production shutdown until further notice because planes aren't flying. A lot of planes are parked. They were already dealing with the 737 MAX stuff. <clears throat> so they had to make a choice to shut down production for a while. It was initially for a short period. and announced that until further notice. Um, and then the other issue that Boeing is dealing with is the issues around their Starliner uh, demo mission. So they did that first. You remember, right? It didn't get. In, it did get into orbit. Wasn't the proper orbit. Used up a lot of its uh, reaction control system fuels because of a timing issue. That investigation has revealed there potentially were a lot of different issues with Starliner in that launch, and that they were fairly lucky to get that. Uh, capsule back on the ground but they did so they did accomplish a few things but it's been decided that they will refly that mission without astronauts uh, once they get all the software and stuff sorted out they will refly the Starliner demo mission to the space station to do a docking complete all those steps before they even approach launching astronauts so that means if this is late in the year probably not even looking at a Starliner launch depending on how that goes probably not even looking at a Starliner launch until sometime in 2021. Uh, and then there's, a, there's some documents out there. I've got a link here to a story for you that is, talks about uh, some of the issues and all the documentation around where the Starliner and the Boeing Space Program really fell uh, with this whole issue and stuff like that and why they're, they're starting that all over again and starting that mission from scratch. On the NASA front... Uh, they just launched a new crew to the space station. Three new astronauts up there, so the the occupancy of the initial space station is back up to six people. However, here in the next week or two, I think the three of those crew members are returning the the capsule, and so the crew will be it will be back down to three when they return. And there's, uh, I think, the next crew. Uh, is due to be launched in the next month or so, but they this is not untypical of the way they handle things right now. Um, pretty cool. There's a Falcon 9 rocket that will launch the Crew Dragon to take those two astronauts to the space station at, looking at May right now. Um, It has the worm NASA logo on the side of the Falcon 9. It's absolutely awesome looking. Uh, So I got a link here to the story and a big picture of the rocket and showing you NASA worm. And it's created a bit of a, a controversy, a bit of a debate about whether or not that's okay or not. Don't forget, it was the NASA worm logo that was still in use back in the day when Challenger exploded in 1986, right? So it was eventually retired out of respect for the loss of that crew and things like that. But you know, the time may be right to bring it back and to rebuild some pride around that and understanding what the capabilities of NASA are. So it is on the side of that Falcon 9 rocket that's going to launch the first astronauts from U.S. soil to the International Space Station since 2011, right? No, I retired in 2011. 2012, I think, was when the final launch, STS-135, went Uh Some isolation hints from astronauts. They do a lot of isolation, whether they're on station or whether they're preparing to go to station. So that's pretty cool. Uh, during this lockdown, NASA has a new podcast called Curious Universe. So if you're looking for something new to listen and you're a space geek, that might be a great starting point for you. Um, NASA also shared their findings, recommendations, and responses to a review of the International Space Station National Lab. So you can catch up on stuff like that. Of course, we are in the midst of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 13 mission. Um, that launch uh, would have happened 50 years ago on Saturday. Last night, just over two days into the mission, was when they had the explosion in the command module. Uh, and now they are working on, if you follow, there's a Twitter account that does the, the tweets, real-time tweets of the mission. You can go check it out as they kind of work their way um, and on their free return trajectory back to Earth. Uh, Apollo 13, known as the successful failure. Uh, NASA has added Shannon Walker to the first operational crew of a SpaceX mission. So we have the demo. We have the the the. The DM-2, which is Demo-2, that will launch two astronauts with SpaceX rocket, Crew Dragon, two station, right? That will be the first test. The second mission will be the first operational mission, so it won't be DM-3, anything like that. It'll be an operational mission, and that has currently assigned two astronauts, but they have decided to add Shannon Walker as a third member of that crew. Um and then NASA has reached out to their workforce, very smart people, right? They're, all rocket, they're mostly rocket scientists for ideas about the coronavirus response, so they're trying to uh, crowdsource some of that response. Uh, NASA also did a paper about their lunar surface sustainability concepts. And then the Mars helicopter has been attached to NASA's Perseverance rover, which is scheduled to be launched in July of this summer on a United Launch Alliance Atlas V from Cape Canaveral, but the it's the helicopter that's going to fly around on Mars a little bit is attached. They've got the wheels on there. They fueled it. They're it's going to it's it's getting through its final preps before it gets encapsulated for attaching to the rocket and for the July launch. As it stands right now, uh, some extra news about Strato launch. I came across they have resurrected their hypersonic rocket vehicle. They're now calling it Talon A. For A while there, it didn't look like they were going to come back with any kind of rocket for Strato Launch, but they have. Strato Launch is the company that was formerly owned by Paul Allen, the Microsoft co founder, who died last year. Uh, it is going to, it, they are moving forward with the potential to launch rockets from the underneath of that Strato Launch aircraft. Blue Origin, some challenges there. They are uh, getting some, for whatever reason, Blue Origin is getting some debate about their plans to do launches during this COVID-19 outbreak, whereas that same kind of discussion is not happening around SpaceX or United Launch Alliance. So I'm not sure why there's a different attitude there. Maybe it's because it's Jeff Bezos. I don't know. All right, in closing, a couple of things. Um, there's some awesome drone video of the Microsoft campus showing nobody in sight. If, you've, if, if you can go, there's a few different webcam sites. EarthCam is one. Go to EarthCam. I spent some time the other day looking at webcams of things in Rome and Italy, of famous landmarks that have hardly anybody in them. It is an amazing sight. We've seen how the earth has uh, healed itself in some ways in the the reduction of pollution, the reduction of our impact on the environment. The canals in Venice are clear, fish are back in the canals, Uh, dolphins are back. See wildlife moving around in areas they haven't moved around in a long time all because people aren't moving around. People aren't driving as much. People are not using as much uh, of the environmental resources. So if you wanted any further proof that we impact this environment on this planet, that's it right there. Just look at the pictures of LA compared to when it's full of smog and right now the way it is. Look at the pictures from China. Look at the pictures from India. Look at the pictures from anywhere and you can see the impact we as humans have on this planet. So we've got to, one of the things we've got to do when we come out of this is we've got to, we've got to, Fix that. We've got to sort that out so that we're not overwhelming the planet with that kind of stuff. And, and then the other thing, you got to go check out Andrea Bocelli's at the Milan Duomo, the big cathedral. Empty except for him, the crew, and, a, and an organist. And it was only half an hour long, but they showed several shots of different cities around Italy and the world uh, of these empty streets that are going on. It's a beautiful concert. He's a beautiful singer. So go check that out when you get a chance, okay? So, Episode 8, wrapping it up, wrapping up the live stream. So this is the first time we've done that, and we'll see how that goes and how that's received. We will post this podcast a little bit later uh, and get it online for everybody to see. But I want to tell everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. If you've been told to stay locked down or to stay at home, minimize your outings. Be careful. Take all the precautions you're supposed to be taking, okay? Because we all want to be moving forward from this, moving forward down the road, okay? So blessings to everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you on the next episode of the Faith, Tech, and Space podcast. Ciao.